Hello, 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 and, and welcome to another episode of the Full Quota Podcast. This is your weekly um, South African cricket podcast. We normally record at the start of the week on a Monday. You will get us. We talk all things that have happened in the previous week in South African cricket. Um, my name is Mpo Mutloni. I've got Tim Delis here with me. Remember, please follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to YouTube, follow us on Twitter, uh, Facebook, wherever this podcast is posted. Um, yeah, we're also on Instagram and we put up links to it. So if you went through the Instagram channel, please just, you know, follow, like, do do the things that you do. Um, but all, most importantly, if you want to advertise on the show, um, please do email me at mpo, mpho, at onewsr.com. And that's the platform one, One World Sports Radio. You can find us there. We talk cricket. That's what we do. And it's been a monumental week for South African cricket. Uh, lots has happened. Obviously, everyone's going to talk about the SA20 and, and everything else. But we've forgotten. Um, and then that was my weekend, Tim. Um, I went to go watch the SA19 girls, the women's team, in the inaugural. It's a T20 World Cup, but I'm assuming it's an it's a under-19 women's World Cup. And I think that they're calling it a T20 World Cup, but that's what it is. It was it's in it's in Benoni at Willowmore Park. They've got two fields there, and they've also got it in Poch um, at the University of uh, Northwest Oval. And yeah, so it's 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 we're having a festival cricket here in in South Africa, and it's really awesome. And I went to go watch the first game. Um, our girls did well. They scored 166. Simone Lawrence is only 15. And she managed to put down uh, the first half century of the tournament. Uh, Karabo Misa had a, great, uh, had a great day. And lots of batters. Landry Anza van Rensburg at the top. She was really good. Um, but then there was the show to Shafali Verma. We've seen her play for the Indian national side. And yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, she's like a bully. No, 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 not in that sense, but like she's in terms of like a like in, in a cricketed sense, in yes. a cricketed sense, but the, 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 the boss to give her, she, she's a bully. No, yeah. she is. Oh, my word. Look, she, she's played 74 games for the national side, so it was slightly unfair for us, but it was good. It was, it was great to see. Mm. But yeah, so it was good. It's good to have and good to see. And I think India's going to win this tournament. If they don't, then yeah. Because they've also got Risha Ghosh, who's gotten about 40 caps as well for India. Um, so, there was a lot of talent in, in that Indian side. And it kind of tells you where everything is. And we'll talk about the under-19s later on, because I have so many theories about this. I think I think every year we wake up and we realize, oh, the under-19 team didn't do well. And I'm like, but they may not be the best under-19s in the world. And you can't, like, like the proteas build up to that. But you can. But we'll see. We'll talk about that. But why I say it's another big week is because obviously we're leading up to the Women's World Cup, but it's the men's team. We now were told, obviously we were told over the weekend that there's an announcement coming regarding the coaches. And it happened today at 10 a.m. We have two new coaches. Um, Shukri Conrad uh, will be coaching the men's side from the test team. And you've got Rob Walter uh, who will be coaching the men's side. From the ODI side, as my phone falls on the floor. Sorry, bad podcasting. I'm trying to get you the name. So, for those who don't know who Shukri Conrad is, uh, he was the first franchise coach for the Lions. Um, he 
Coach Gauteng B in the turn of the century, 1999-2000. First franchise coach for the Lions in 04-05. He's coached the Cobras, won three titles there when the Cobras were still doing great things. Really was a good side. It had like Smith, Callis, and all those guys back when guys could play. Um, no, for... no, that was quality <laughs> side. Quality. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Kirsten, like Oaks. Yeah, top side. Um, Andrew Patek as well. Jeez. Okay. Um, then he went on to coach the Uganda national side for a year. He's been in the CSA National Academy for two years. And then he's coached SA in 2016. And his recent appointment, which is also kind of kind of interesting, what happens to the SN19 side. He was the SN19 coach the, for this team that went to um, with the West Indies, the Deva Breast team, uh, Liam Alder, uh, Matthew Boast, all those guys who impressed everybody. Gwena Mapaka was there. Um, and so he now gets a step up to the national team coach, the test team. Tim, what do you make of that appointment? Well, he's somebody who has literally had a finger on every single post, pretty much, that Cricket South Africa has had to offer. So he knows Cricket South Africa, he knows the cricket that's been mm. played in South Africa for the last two decades. So he's got the knowledge. You can't say he doesn't have the knowledge. A lot of these guys, you think, well, how, how, much, how much do they know? They've only been you know, coach for a couple of years. Uh, he's got the knowledge. He knows the players. He is a very confident individual. Whenever he has spoken um, recently, he's actually spoken recently. The last couple of months, people were asking his opinions. And he's got a very definite plan about going forward. I remain, I remain slightly in, unconvinced I do think he is better placed um, with the youth that's coming through. I think there are people who are just better, mm -hmm. better at that. I think he's better placed than that. But he does have, he does have the knowledge. So if he uses the knowledge that he's gained after two decades, there is no reason why he shouldn't make a success of it. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't quite know quite in what direction he's going to go. I, I, I sort of get the idea of his, his, his overall thinking of, about cricket, but um, it's an interesting appointment. Let's put it that way. Um, get, I so think... So when, what, when the, the, what do you think of his overall thinking around cricket? Because, let me... So, so I know Enoch is a very... His style of play is very aggressive. He, oh, not aggressive, positive. He always wants to win games. Even if there's a situation where you can't, he'll always try ask you to be playing positive cricket and to a certain extent i know that those plans in that voucher era were necessarily documented and he did present well he didn't get the opportunity to present that to graham but in that initial selection committee when they have interviews he kind of had that so do you think shukri is the guy because my assumption is in the interview it was, they picked the guys who kind of fit closest with where Enoch wanted uh, the type of cricket South Africa to play. Yes, in the in the press conference, there was no sort of mention about, in terms of direction, in, in, in any specifics. Mm -hmm. There was no mention about positive or negative or, um, you know, 
uh, playing in a particular pattern. It was mm. more about they have a similar out, out, outlook in terms of wanting to make what we have better in that they have the knowledge that is there. It's about how we use that knowledge that, that mm. we know. The players that we have are good enough to be performing better than they are. So it's quite difficult to pinpoint Shukri in terms of mm. in terms of that. But what I would say is he is quite a hard tasker. From what I mm. remember him when he was coaching domestic cricket, he is quite a hard task in terms of not necessarily this is my way and this is this is the only way. It's this is my way and this is why I think it is right. Okay. And I think it depends on whether their players will then buy into that system. I don't know if they will, but as you rightly point out, if an experienced province side, for example, and even the line side, it had Stephen Cook, mm. it had um, H.G. Ackerman, so he had real season campaigners when he was there. Um, mm. If they can work with him in the, in the way that they did, they had five years of province mm. and it was successful, then, you know, at the face of it, at the face of it, he should be making a success of this. My worry, though, as I said before, is he's been a little bit too far outside of the system. He spent a lot of time, he spent the last six years pretty much with the youth, with the under-19s, with the under-21s, mm. um, with the, a, a, a couple of years with the other side. So I, I, I don't know if the new breed are going yeah. to accept that, that way of thinking because it has been a long time since he's been mm. a head coach domestically. Uh, so while well, I like this appointment, right, I think it's slightly different um, compared... To, well, look, if I looked at the list of names that were there, right, a lot of the guys weren't in the system. But as you say, Shukri... So Mali was the closest, and Shukri was the second closest, right? And, and I don't know the reasons why they didn't pick Mali, but I'm sure they got into that at, at the presser. Um, but for me, um, I'm sitting here going, this is a man who has, his career keeps on elevating up. He's been 20 years as a man of color going through the different levels and finally he's reached the top, right? So I know that he still wants to do this and, I, and that's the tick. Because if you look at all the other coaches, even domestically, they didn't apply, which means that they don't see that as, the, as, as, as something that they want. So... That, that was one for me. I was like, okay, cool. And the other thing is he's been in the youth structures. He's going to, because if we're going young, and this is the other thing, it looks like we are going young, right? So if we are going to go, the 30-somethings are going to go, or so we're going to keep some, but we're going to try and bring in this new crop of guys who've been playing under-19s for the past four or five years, the 25-year-olds and down. He's the best guy to know what makes them tick they will respect him based on the fact that the, the relationship they've had before and so i'm comfortable with that from a style of play that's going to be a question of has he evolved over the 20 years has he does he see mod see cricket in a modern way um that will help us be successful I'm not saying baseball 
Um, but essentially, it, there is a way Test cricket has changed. It, yeah. Especially from the times when he was coaching the Cobras, when Graham, Graham thinks a draw is a great thing. Today, a draw is not a great thing. You have to go for it. You know, we've got an analytics movement now. We've got all of those things. We've got mental aspects that we have to consider as well. And are we, is he going to embrace that? And I'm, my assumption would be a yes. Um, and I think that's what got him the job because I, knowing Enoch, I know those things are forefront and he wouldn't bring a coach who's not going to be stuck there. From a, that's also going into like a relationship aspects, right? Um, we saw in SJN people talking about how disrespectful Ray Jennings ones, everything else. And I'm not saying Shukri's at that level of my way, the highway in terms of, you know, coaching. But if he's willing to adapt and, 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 and bring in guys in and, and, and to new methods and, and be accommodating, then why not? So I'm excited. Um, we'll see what, what comes out of it. Um, I'm happy that a process was done. I, I, I don't have a problem for credentials. Credentials are great um, and, and they're important. But a fair process needs to happen. And that's all, always been my cry. Even when Mark Baja was hired, there needed to be a fair process. If Mark was going to be the ultimate candidate after the process, then fine. You know, but if there is no process, we're going to then look at people's qualifications and then say, are you fit? Whereas here, they've gone through the process, they've decided, and Shukri's come out as the best candidate. And largely, these things weigh on the interview. So for the guys who say they don't know him or he hasn't been, no. It's, it's, it's the fact that the director of cricket trusts him as a guy he's going to move forward with. Same thing with the way Rob Key gave Brendan McCullum with little coaching experience the reins, largely because of his ideas, right? And so it's about the interview. And if you interview well, you'll get the job. So now let's talk about the second guy. Um, well, he's not the second guy. He's the coach of the white ball teams. I, 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 I just want to... Because mm -hmm. you mentioned that it's, it's important. So mm -hmm. you mentioned Mali. Um, Enoch wants Mali to stay in the system. Mm -hmm. He didn't say exactly what, because I did ask him whether he'd go back into the SAA setup. He didn't say yes or no. He just said he wants them to stay in the system, and they are having conversations around that. Um, uh, the other thing is, the, these two don't come in till February the 1st. So, so there's going to be an interim the... guy for the okay. England series. So oh. um, Mali will probably, they said Mali will probably be involved in that in some way. So if those three ODIs, they're not going to have Rob involved. He only okay. comes in on the 1st of Feb. Just so yep. in case people mm. are wondering what's going on when we start that series. Mm. Poor Mali. He, I feel he's like the, he's the guy who's been pushed around. He, sh like... Obviously, when Otis came in, we felt that he should have stayed, but he got a promotion. Who was going to say no to it? And that promotion has led him to be moved around here and there. And, yeah, he's the ultimate team man, system man, well, well company man, because he stayed inside SA, inside CSA, he didn't leave, and now he's being pushed around again. I just hope they give him that under-19 job. I think it's, it's got enough gravitas for him to actually earn his coaching stripes again because and outside of him getting a franchise deal or a provincial deal which i think um there's a team in bloomfontein that needs yeah 
um, that needs a new coach. Um, yes, Rob Walter, ODI coach, T20 coach. Um, he, he's been in the protest before, so if you're wondering that you've heard that name before, yeah. He's worked as a strength and conditioning coach for the protest uh, from 2009 to 2013, so we're going to have a very fit team. Um, drop a catch, run. That's what, that's what I'm expecting, Rob, if you ever watch this. Um, he's been head coach of the Titans in 2013 to 2016. Also very gun teams, A.B. de Villiers, 5-plus-C. All those guys are still in there, even though they were like protests. But you then started to see the emergence of the Lungingitis into the side um, and the Aiden Markrams at that time um, for that team. So he's worked with a couple of the guys who are there, the Dean Algas, the uh, you get the tennis, the brains like yeah, his. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then he moved over He moved over to, to New Zealand, to Otago. He was the guy who got Devin Conway to go across, right? Was it another person? Uh, I'm not sure it was Rob. It might have been Rob. I can't remember exactly. I, it might have yeah. been somebody else. I, I, I can't yeah. swear to that. Um, yeah, but he coached Otago 2016 to 2021. And then he was a coach of the Central Stags up until now, from 21 at until now he's been an assistant coach in the ipl if you're looking for credentials for those people who who are the cv warriors um he coached the Pune warriors or he's a assistant coach at the Pune warriors um at the daily capitals as well so uh rob's been around the world um my only worry with rob was that he hasn't been in domestic cricket but this is a left field appointment so it's, it's a situation that's telling me that enoch and the panel are applying their minds, their thinking. And maybe the interview, as I said with Shukri, was what won them over. Am I correct, Tim? I, I, I think so. I think so. I think we, we, before the, the, the top six were announced, Rob is not a man that I thought would, would come into contention. Not because he's not a good coach. I think he is a good coach. I just didn't think South, Cricket South Africa would widen their, uh, their outlook mm. that wide. I think they would have... St- stuck locally um, due to the finances. Um, the other thing I think is important to this, and I think this definitely played a part, is the fielding standards of the purchase the last mm-hmm. couple of years. I think they looked at it and thought, you know what? We like what he's saying, but also he was the fitness coach under mm-hmm. um, Domingo and Gary Kirsten. Back when South Africa were fielding, you know, a really good fielding side, like they usually mm. are so i'd be alarm bells if i was just an on because he rob could easily do the both he could be the head coach and do the fielding drills easily um question mm. um i think we spoke about the software before we went on the coaching staffs right are they gonna have two or are they gonna have one that transcends both that goes across both and it's just the head man that changes. They didn't specify. But I can't imagine that they had have two separate coaching backroom staffs. I can't imagine. Again, due to finances. You're not gonna you're not gonna mm. employ twelve people to do six uh, six roles in the tests and six roles mm. in the in the whiteboard. I can't imagine that that that's gonna work. You might get a um a consultant coming in for one of the formats for a tour. Mm. So the test team goes to India and gets a consultant for six weeks. That sort of thing. But I can't but you'd imagine... Have a, you'd have a, 
one batting coach, one bowling yes. coach, one fielding coach. Yeah, yeah. That that's that, that's what I would think. I'd, I'd be very surprised if that was not the case. Um, just a little bit more on Rob. It's funny you mentioned the Conway thing because I was looking up um, what he's been doing over in New Zealand and Conway was playing for Otago. Conway was playing for Otago. Head coach was Rob Walter. So you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, but uh, the, the, interesting is, <laughs> the interesting thing there is the work that he's done. So mm. when he arrived, Otago were a mediocre side and he worked a lot with the youngsters over there in Otago, mm. uh, producing the young youth of New Zealand cricket was a huge focus of his. He and was highly, know. highly thought of. Um, he was last year, I, I think 2021, 2021 he was the New Zealand A coach. So they, yeah. they rate him very, very highly. And with Otago, he took them to three finals yeah. in, in his five years. And that was uh, white ball and, and red ball. So he did, he didn't really need trophies as such, but he did promote a lot of youngsters coming through the system. Um, I think there's a guy called Duffy who's now playing for New Zealand. He wasn't playing for New Zealand. No, he's ah, brought yeah, guys in. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, uh, so, yeah, that's basically him, his sort of uh, outlook while he was in New Zealand. So for me, this is a coach with international pedigree. What you're telling me, Tim, is a guy who has... Because, for instance, right, if New Zealand has a coaching search, he's top of their list. So literally, we've like stolen him from them, essentially, or he's come back home, but that's what it is. And so I'm, I'm happy with this appointment. And um, the other thing is that with that, with that Titans background, there's a certain boy who's currently captaining a team that's at the bottom of the SA20. He could bring out the best in him, what we've been waiting for a very long time. Um, and so, because I, I look at what he did with Devin, right? Devin comes in, yeah, hasn't had the greatest of... It, it, it's not a memorable... It's not a, mem, it's not a memorable domestic career in South Africa. No. Man did pop no. in New Zealand. Man yeah. popped. And so if it, with a team, with a batting lineup that's not living up to its potential, the Vian Mulders, the Aiden Markrams, um, I think Timber's batting at his, at his potential. And I think he's possibly even exceeding his potential from an ODI perspective, even a test perspective, right? But everyone else around him isn't living up to their potential, right? Because to a certain extent, I think a lot of those guys are a lot of the top six in that ODI side is much better than Timber, but Timber's seemingly, you know, coming through. Um, and, you know, Quinny could go to another level. Um, maybe even Quinny could come back into the test vault. I don't know. Um, as a batter, as your number four. Who knows? I don't know. Um, I'm just speaking into the universe. Um, and, and so I've got a lot of optimism. I really do with with um, Rob and Shukri. I love I love both of them. I think they, they they they'll give us something, you know. And to a certain extent, bringing a guy like Brevis and and turning him into a a, a dominating force in international cricket, the Rickletons, um, the guys we're seeing in SA Twenty right now, putting up their hands, you know, and the plethora of all rounders we never thought we had, but we do. 
um, the Delano Portgieters, the obviously Dwayne's gone, but Vian Mulder batting at number three now, opening for. You know, so I'm, I'm sitting there going, this he's got so much potential, so much to work on. And so for me, Tim, my question to you, like with the press conference that happened today, I, I, I didn't attend, uh, but you were there. What are the key highlights? that came out of that press conference in terms of what this looks like. Because to me, it feels like it's a changing of the guard. And the other thing is that the head coaches probably won't be able to select their backroom staff, which means that they're more coaches than than necessarily a manager controlling everything. Uh, And and it gives a lot of power back to the director of cricket, essentially. Um, What do you make of that? And and, and what what else came out of that press conference? I think... So it was about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think in the last 10 minutes, they used the phrase, South Africa, cricket South Africa doesn't have its cash strapped about seven times. Oh. They emphasized the fact that cricket South Africa, despite the money that's coming for SO20, you know, with this new direction, the people must be, I get the impression, a little bit tempered in their optimism. Okay. It is a new direction. They wanted to go in a new direction. Um, they particularly said for the test setup, test setup, this is a new direction. They didn't specify that so much in, in Rob mm-hmm. Walter's case. They just said in the test setup, we know we need a new direction. We know we need a new setup. They alluded to the fact that they needed a new leadership for the next five years. Mm. So you could read into that um, rather um, rather well, if you if you read into that. Oh, Devil Brevis is going to captain the protest. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did come into the press conference. He was somebody asked him about him. No, it's, it's silly to ask about Devil Brevis. I mean, just let the guy play, man. Let the guy play. Um but the big thing for me, and mm. I've been beating this drum for a long time on this podcast, the big thing for me is the mm. high-performance coach, which is basically your mental expert. Mm. And they said they are looking for this post to be full-time. Not of this uh, come in for six weeks and cheerio or mm. come in for, for, for this seminar we have and you'll talk to the players for a 10-day period. They actually want that post across the formats full-time. That is the biggest possible plus going forward. Um, there was a lot in there, but I can't emphasize the fact that they mentioned the fact that Cricket South Africa doesn't have the finances to get just anything they want right now. They, they hope to be in a better position you know, a couple of years down the line but at the moment. So don't expect, as, as you, I think you alluded to, don't expect massive changes in terms of backroom staff. Yeah. Um, don't expect that. Uh, expect the majority of the guys to, to hang on. We know Langerfeld is going. Langerfeld mm-hmm. is going to the IPL. So they're going to need a new bowling coach. Even as, as you mentioned, it's not entirely his fault. They do need a new batting coach. But I think outside of that, I think it's going to remain the same. Yeah. Unless the individual in question. A lot of flack. Um, yeah. and, and, the and, other thing for me uh, is, is, as I pointed out before we came on the show, we, we should just record when we say hi, Tim. 
um, is, is, is that um, he's, Enoch's been in that Mark Boucher backroom staff. So he knows how that backroom staff was treated. So to a certain extent, if he's going to keep some of the guys, it's, a, it's, it's a, him telling us that he still believes these guys can do a good job. It's just that they weren't allowed to, to fully express themselves in the roles, largely because of the fact that Mark, and we've heard this many times, considered Enoch a coins boy. If he considered Enoch a coins boy, what about the rest of them? You know, and so I'm not saying I'm blaming Mark for the failures in our batting, but there could be an issue there. There could have been an issue there. And now with him out, you could see a little bit of freedom. But Australia told us something else. And that's the other side of the coin. And so that's going to be quite interesting to see what Enoch does in that batting coach role. Um, I think it might be consultants, but you need someone full-time to kind of work with the players' techniques, who understands the players' techniques, who has like a baseline of all the batters in the system and can then work on things with them because the consultant is going to come and say, but why is your bat left over there even though you've scored many runs? Carl Varane as an, as an example, right? Um, and to a certain extent, you could say the work with Carl Varane was a tick. I don't know who helped him. I'm going to put it down to Justin Sammons because Carl's actually scoring runs at international level now. So, Well, I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but since Justin Sammons shaved, South African batsman almost looked like batsman. He had a beard at the beginning of the Australian tour. He shaved it off in, at, in the middle of the third test. And we had that second innings with the, where we actually looked like <laughs> batsman for a change. So yeah. maybe, he, I mean, maybe he's got rid of the curse. <laughs> and then from a captaincy perspective, did they say anything about that? They want, for the, particularly for the, they mentioned this for the tests. This is a new direction for the next five years. Enoch said, mm. said we need a new leadership for the next five years. He then doubled he then doubled back and said, That doesn't mean we're going to fire anybody, but we do have to re <laughs> we do okay. have to we do have to realise that for the next five years we need a, some kind of a leadership group to take us through. So what he essentially is saying is whoever the vice captain is now is going to be the captain for the next five years. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm oh, thinking. Oh, well, okay. Thirty-two-year-old Wimba. That's awesome. I don't think. I don't think necessarily that Dean's going to get the sack on February the second. Mm. That's my, that's my thinking. My thinking is they might go. We'll go with Dean for now. We think he's done all right, but they might change the, the vice captain. They might say, right, let's pick whoever. Whoever okay. that I'll guy there is going to be the next captain for the next five years. That's what they, that's what they were alluding to. They needed some sort of um, ground base to start from because it is essentially a start from fresh. Yeah. Mm. So congratulations to all of them, uh, Shukri and Rob. Um, if you guys want to come on the podcast happiness, we will talk about projects and everything great. So all the best to you. We look forward to seeing the protest play and all the successes in the world. Um, so now we're going to shift over to the other side of our podcast, the second topic of the podcast, which is the SA20 recap. Um, and yeah, so the SA20 started last week, Tuesday. We've had a lot of cricket. 
it's been every day we've had a match and then yesterday was weird because the match was at like 1 30 and i was like somebody at super sport loves arsenal to the point where he wants us to watch arsenal without cricket which is awesome and arsenal delivered so top of the log <laughs> whatever <laughs> so first get what 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 are your impressions tim of the tournament and everything is this is this what we've needed? Is this, I think this is the second best T20 tournament in the world. Um, right now, probably is yes. Right now, probably is. Um, look, it was always going to be a success in terms of the cricket being played. When you put this much money into a competition, when you put this mm-hmm. much advertising, when you wake up in the morning and you flip open your laptop and the first thing you see when you go to Google is an advert for SO20. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Facebook and then you go through your feed and there's, a, there's an advert for SO20. And then you go to Twitter and then you see your feed and in the middle... In the next mm. couple of minutes, there's an advert for SO20. And then you get the Instagram, and then you get exactly the same. It's unmatched. The advertising for this tournament has been through the roof. It has been relentless. So, in terms of that, I'm not surprised. In terms of the overseas talent we've had, had on show, they've pretty much you know, ticked, ticked all the boxes by the odd exception. Um, it's not a surprise to me that, that, that it's been a success. It's not a surprise to me that the crowds have been good, that we've seen mm. sell out crowds outside of units. It's not a surprise. Um, what, what, what is good is, a, is, a, is it is sustained. I think this is going to remain throughout the 33 days. I don't think yeah. there is going to be a let-up. I thought initially there might be a bit of a let-off anyway. Like, like, like Cape Town's game on, on Wednesday. It's a 1.30 start. You may not see a full, full, full uh, capacity at, at 1.30. Yeah. But, 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 but come the second innings, it will be. Mm. Come the second innings, it'll probably so, be 80% full. What um, I can tell you about the, one, the game at the Wanderers tomorrow, Joburg Super Kings' first home game. Which is also yeah. an indicator of, of this tournament. It's sold out. We got a message oh, that's, this week, yesterday, that's a, earlier a, today. A, a, a midweek game, which is which is the which Tuesday is crazy. night, dude. It's crazy. Night. Crazy, but still, or, or, still. Or maybe people are running away from the traffic and just going to watch cricket, which is great too. Which is which is great. Which is great. That's what I'm doing. Um, the only the only thing is, and and again, this this will not be in cricket South Africa's mm. worries at all. Everything that Cricket South Africa wanted, they've got from the first couple of weeks of this tournament. Mm. All the ticks, all the boxes have been ticked. They wanted money. They've got the money. They wanted crowds. They've got crowds. They wanted memorabilia to be sold. Do you go to that Eastern Cape um, home games? It's orange. The whole place mm. is just orange, just everywhere. Oh, and the it's bucket just, hats. It's, the back, it's just orange, orange, orange everywhere. Um, so the, another tick. Somebody pointed out to me, we haven't seen uh, any real close games. That's irrelevant. It it would be nice. Yeah, of course it would be nice. But that's irrelevant. 
everything that we needed and wanted from the tournament has mm. already, already been provided. And we haven't even reached halfway. Mm. Look, the close games thing is gonna is gonna happen as the season as a, as this these weeks go on because teams now become better and more accustomed. Yeah. But to, I think for me, my initial thoughts are similar to yours. Um, I I'm still weirded out by the fact that I'm watching cricket in South Africa, and there are games with no black Africans um, or even players of color. And people can come down on me saying transformation of quotas ruined our cricket. Fine, you can say that, but this is still South Africa. Like, like it, it feels. Even the commentary team, like, and that, and that irks me so much. And that's the only negative I can give is the diversity has been treated like a, a corporate in South Africa. It's grassroots development, like everybody wants. So it's like an it's it's a it's it's an afterthought. It's a oh yeah, we still need to do this. Okay, let's go to grassroots where they can't do much, you know. And if something pops up there, it's a nice little story and everything else, you know. The fact that there's no black South African commentator in there, and you can tell me they've gone to Tosa, but many other guys are not Tosa commentators, you know. You or you can take I, one. Why is Makaya not in the English commentary? Makaya would suit this commentary. I I I'll, I'll just come back on that. So I agree in terms of the people people being bought. That could have been uh, one or two definite that I would have picked. I think that's going to change as the competition gets better, as people get accustomed to the competition, as the owners. Start to, they will have to, the owners will have to watch domestic cricket in South Africa outside of this. They can't just go because you're going to get guys. We've seen guys right now in this competition, local guys getting pasted. And these owners, when they see them being getting pasted for a couple of games, they're going to go, Who's next? Who's next? That's what they're going to do. They're not going to go, Let's keep him on, on our books for the next three or four seasons. That's not going to happen. That's not mm. going to happen. They're going to go, we want the next the next thing. They're going to go out there and they're going to find it. That's going to take time. That's going to take time. Uh, but I agree with you. It does no, need I, to change. I'm with, uh, you. I'm with you, Timothy. It's just the one thing. Everything's great. Like, yeah, I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. I love no, it. I no. think it's what we need. It's just it feels to me. I was like, mm. what? What I would yeah. say about the commentary is I think... The majority of the guys that are in the Cosa commentary are better suited to that. That's not to say Mackay couldn't do the English commentary. I think he is better suited to that. And that's a great way of, for people who do happen to be lucky enough to have DSTV, no. to attract people. To Tim, there are many, there are many other, there's many Cosa commentators and there's not only Mackay. What I'm saying no, is... I know, I know. I look at that panel... And I'm like, oh, it's Graham Smith's WhatsApp, WhatsApp group. That's what it is. I've said it many times before. It's his WhatsApp group. And my thing is that I, I, I thought he could see beyond that. Because to a certain extent, there are people who are necessarily black people I've spoken to who like the competition but are struggling to watch it because of the fact that not a lot of people look like them. And yeah, yeah. we can switch over to course of commentary. But the person on the ground, I'm seeing Mark Nicholas, I'm seeing Darren Goff, I'm seeing Kevin Peterson. Yet the only person of color is Pommy and 
Darren Sammy. And obviously Cass is there. Even that's another question. You know, how many women are in this thing? You know, and so for me, that's my, that's the thing that for SA 22.0, you got to be thinking about. And I thought, and this is the, this is the thing that I have a problem with. I had a problem with Grant from the beginning is that it's the diversity and everything else. But great tournament, lovely stuff. And I'm going to stop there because we need to move on to a new segment that we have, right? The, we're going to call this, well, we've got two segments coming up. Tim, this is the, you have my attention. Right? So these are the guys who have surprised us this week in a good way. Who've grabbed our attention, you know. So for me, um, one thing is the Pretoria Capitals. Oh my word. Yes, they did only play the Sunrisers. And I think, like I said in our preview, the Sunrisers are hype FC. They need to live up to the hype for them for they, to their hype to for them to be anything else. But that looks like a very strong team. Like bowling and batting sorted, Adil Rashid. Wayne Barnal can even bat Will Jacks, Phil Salt. So I like that team. I really do. I think I'm like, oh, we've got another Titans. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, couldn't agree with you more. Their, their analyst is a very shrewd analyst um, from England. Oh, he's probably one of, one of the analysts, but he's the main guy. Um, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. I am a little bit surprised that Josh Little hasn't played. Mm. Particularly with what I said think. to you last week where he's literally got two weeks. He's got one more week left of the competition and then he goes. Um, to extent, I think they've found their 11 and they're happy. Whereas all the other teams are still trying to figure out their 11. And to a certain extent, a guy like Shane Dadswell made it in to that 11. And you're like, okay, yeah. You know, but okay. Um, anybody else that's grabbed your attention, Tim? Um, it's a difficult one. Um, mm -hmm. mostly because, um, uh, I'm sure lots of people will know this, um, because of, uh, load that we have in this country, I saw precisely zero deliveries from that game that you talk so fondly about yesterday. Not a single ball. I didn't see a single delivery. <laughs> I heard about it. I heard about a team making 216, <laughs> but like, I didn't what? see a da I didn't see a damn oh, thing. Oh, the Durban Super Guys. Oh, they were good. <laughs> they were very good. Um, um, but so, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a bit. It's a bit difficult for me. I think. Okay, but okay. In a in a in a in a different way. In a different way. What's taken my notice, taken my attention, mm -hmm. is the Durban Super Giants. Mm -hmm. The Durban Super Giants, you and I have said, too many all-rounders, it doesn't yeah. work, not enough out-and-out um, -out individuals in that 11. Their decision-making has actually cost them so far. They could have won most of their games if they had been a little bit more shrewd in their decision making um this is the first game because they won the other two <laughs> okay so they only, only lost one yeah it was the jordan super kicks okay that, that okay then, then horrible but no, okay but here's the thing but, right their batting lineup looks weird they had yes. jason holder at three they had vian mulder come in at three um they 
outside of Cal Mayers and Quentin Decock, it, it just doesn't work. I thought it they doesn't were lucky work. against the in my Cape Town. I thought they got away with it. Um, largely because they're bowling. And I think it, on the coast, that little three-spinner situation that they have could work. And all the dibbly doblers that Carl Mayer's bowls, even though he's bowled a, a wing, instant wing York, Yorker to Devil Brevis, that works. And I thought that in my Cape Town game, they got lucky. But then they decided to switch it up again. Then they decided to open with Vian Mulder and Carl Mayer's and have Quinny come in at three. And I was like, what are you guys doing? They went and scored 216. And I'm like, okay. So yeah. after the blunder against Joe Kings, they've, they're just tinkering with it and it's seemingly working. And that's why they're my, you have my attention team. Because I was like, what are you guys doing? The other thing is that Simon Harmer's not bowling. Well, I was, I was just... Simon you Harmer and you didn't bowl. Just, I was like, so, just stole my thunder. Yeah. You, 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 you pick Simon Harmer, you don't play him, you pick Bretsky for two games, and you don't bat him when he is the informed T20 local player in that, in that side. It made no sense at all. You've got Carl Mayers, who no batsman can play for some reason, and yet he only bowls a maximum of two overs a match. He hasn't bowled a lot at four. He gets like two overs, two for ten. I was like, <laughs> you're not bowling him. Um, so I, I, their thinking is weird, but yeah, as you <laughs> rightly point out, it's working out more than it's not for somehow. Somehow. Their mm. bowling is good. I'll tell you that. Mm. They've got nine bowling options. I'm like, guys, that's too much. It is too much. <laughs> it um, it is. And that's why they have my attention. They're sitting at the top of the log. The other mm. pe- the person who's had my attention is Deva Brevis. And I watched him in that opening game, and I was like, this guy is going to end his career as probably the highest-paid cricketer ever in the history of cricket because he's going to be wanted by the IPL. He's going to probably draw the the highest number. He's going to be the face of SA20 for the next 10 to 15 years. He he announced himself on probably the most watched, the stage where he was most watched, probably the most viewers he said he's probably had more people in the stadium because he's played in India. But in terms of eyeballs, important eyeballs, South African eyeballs, he announced himself. So that, that's me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the other one is Ollie Stone. He's not going out with a fight. My man. The only person in SA20 can bowl a Yorker. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like, he's like the only guy. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Holy Stone. <laughs> yes, but there's a I have a I have a theory that MI Cape Town can play Kahiso, Oli and 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 and, and Jaffa. And just go we're going all our pace. Especially when they come to the high felt, when they play Pretoria, when they play in Johannesburg, even when they go to the Eastern Cape and they're playing them I think this weekend or sometime when they when they come back, whenever it is. They I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that. I really would. Will Jax. He's another one who has my attention. I'm sorry. I didn't know who you were before you started. I knew you played for Surrey. Oh, yeah. You think you did play for Surrey? Yes, Surrey. Were, yes. Yes. I thought you, you know, you know, I think it was, um, okay. 
I see you. I see you. That 86. Hmm. Okay. Full Salt 2. I thought I was like, he's good enough. Like, how good can he be? Because it's it's England that has like Jason Roy and Joss Butler. What? Why is England busy fiddling around with Jason Roy when they've got this guy? So, yeah. Okay. Now let's go to the other side of the coin. I'm not mad, but I'm disappointed. So this is, as it says, I'm not mad, I'm not disappointed. But I want to start with my team. Joburg Super Kings. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. What are you guys doing? You've got Faf, you've got Riza, you've got Yanaman at the top, and... Huh? What's going on? The bowling seemingly is okay, but what's going on at the top? Well, Stephen Fleming thinks it's it's just like the start of the season. Don't worry, it'll come alright. They'll be fine. It's just one in innings. It's fine. And I'm like, no, Stephen. If if Reza somehow is back to the old Reza, and the other man can't play T20 cricket for the past year, like he looked like a different player. We're in trouble. This team's in trouble. And they're playing tomorrow against the Pretoria Capitals. And, oh, Lord. It could, it could get ugly. <laughs> it could get yeah. very... Yeah. Look, uh, I, I said to you, not having Harry Brook and Owen Ali would mm. be devastating. Absolutely devastating. I didn't think it would be this devastating, uh, I must say. But that you are essentially a batsman light. Whichever combination you have tried, and you've tried a couple and you've changed the order a couple of times, and, but you are still essentially a batsman light, whatever you guys have tried. Um, the other thing is Thick Shana. He has yeah. to get there soon. Oh, he's landed in Johannesburg, by the way. He's playing he, tomorrow. Bisping he has to get is. there as soon as possible. Um, yeah. And then as you said... I really thought Janaman had turned the corner. I thought Janaman had turned the corner playing spin. He was never going to be outstanding, but I thought he had turned the corner. He's kind of a By word. He's just... No, it's, horrible. it's so sad to see, because I thought he was going to have, you know, a fantastic breakout 2023, play for the Proteus again, and... Uh, He's having a tough time. There's no getting around it. He's having a mm. real tough time. Outside of Donovan Ferreira, who should be in, you have my attention. That team just looks not great. Um, yeah. Carl Verena will come good. You just need time. But yeah, so we're going to give them time. You're running out of time. You've already played three games um, and you're playing 10. So yeah, the thing is, they, Stephen Fleming said we played away from home. When you play at home, this team's set up to play at home. So we'll find out. The other team. The hype team. Sunrisers Eastern Cape with future potential Proteus captain Aiden Markham leading them. I'm not sold. I wasn't sold before. I'm not sold now. Dan Weston, if you can find his tweets, he speaks about boundary percentages. And he's like, the team, the Sunrisers have guys with low boundary percentages. I still need to do the research and we'll probably do it next week uh, in a larger show that we talk more about this. Yeah. Sorry. They scored 189 on Sunday. It was okay. We're like, oh, shoot, cool. Yeah, fine. Mm-mm. But that's always going to happen in one, one off game, but not on a consistent basis with that, uh, that setup. It's. it's it, I thought the Dermot Super Giants were bad. Like, 
yeah, practically, like, I don't know how they're going to win games. Um, from a bowling perspective, I don't think they're there. From a batting perspective, I don't think they're there. Like, Sissana bowled well, but he was, like, the only guy who, like, bowled well in that 216. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be a baptism of fire for those young kids. It, it, it's going to well, be tough. We, we said the local guys have to come good, and they haven't. That's that's essentially mm. where, where we're at. They have not come good um, in the way that we envisioned. I, I certainly envisioned Markham coming good with the bat. Not so much the captaincy. I, I really thought that this was going to be... He, know, he was gonna, he's like the only ray of light. If he, if, if, he just needs someone to bat around him. Yeah. Or bat with him. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'll give him that. Um, yeah. For that. And then the other thing, the other thing I'm, that, that I'm not mad, just disappointed, is what happened to Corbin Bosch? I thought he was this great guy. He had a great CPL. Is this the Corbin Bosch that I know? The fact that he can't even get a game for the Paul Royals. When they needed, they, so here's the thing: opening match, they needed a fast bowler. They went to Cody Yusuf, and it wasn't some sort of weird quota thing. They went to Cody Yusuf, who isn't as accomplished as Corbin Bosch in this format. And we found out that actually needed a batter. And I thought Corbin Bosch was more of an all-rounder, and we haven't seen him since. And they pre-bought him; they took him out of the auction. That yeah. I- <laughs> What's happening there? Yeah. Someone needs to tell us. Because Yeah. As you say, Tim, next season he might be without a team. Yeah. They're gonna these owners are gonna be ruthless. That that I there's no doubt about that. They they can have the same thinking with the IPL teams. Don't know. They've put it put in the money. You need mm. to perform. Um uh, I I can't I can't. Uh, I don't have anything to add in terms of Corbin <laughs> as to as to why he's not in the eleven. All I can say is I'm delighted that his brother's doing well. That's all I can say. Yes, Ethan. Ethan. I'm Ethan. delighted that he's he's having having the a good tournament. The have done well. The Rickletons, the Brevises, the Ethan Boshes, the you know they they put up their hand. Donovan Ferreira. They're hmm. putting up their hands. Um. So let's look at the table, and then uh we'll do a larger show next week because we've got a a break for the ODIs, the SA England ODIs. So we're going to talk about SA20 more and it, the, the picture will look a little bit different. So I've just got the log here. Um, and you've got MI Cape Town at the top, um, having won two of their three games. Pretoria Capitals have won all their games. Uh, MI Cape Town have a bonus point. It was uh, the game of the Paul Royals. Um, so they've won three out of, they played three games, won two. That was the Capitals, uh, the MI Cape Town. The Capitals won uh, two out of two. They're the only undefeated side. Uh, Durban Super Giants won two out of their three. Um, they're third with eight points. Paul Royals have won one of their two. They're on five points. And the Super Kings have won one of their two games, or oh, three games. Um, and they're on four points. And you've got the Sunrise sitting at the bottom without a win um, uh, on zero points. So that's going to be quite interesting. Um, this week's fixtures... Um, Looking at that, you've got the Sunrisers and MI Cape Town today um, at 5 p.m. this Monday. Um, and then you've got Paul Royals and, and the Durban Super Giants and Paul. Uh, Joburg Super Kings and uh, Pretoria Capitals tomorrow night in, at the Wanderers. First game in Johannesburg. Then you've got MI Cape Town and the Sunrisers at Newlands on Wednesday at 1.30. 
and then Petro Capitals and Super Kings Centurion on uh, at five. And Paul Royals play the Sunrisers on Thursday, and Durban Super Giants play the Capitals and Kingsmead on thir- on Friday. The other fixtures, Paul Royals uh, play the MI Cape Town on Saturday, as well as the Sunrisers play the Super Kings at St. George's on Saturday. You can see all the other fixtures on here. Um, but yeah, we'll be back um, to do a larger show. I think next week we'll have playoff permutations as to the four teams who are going to go to the um, to the semifinals. But Tim, thank you very much, my man, as always. Um, and to everybody, thank you very much. Uh, please remember to subscribe, follow wherever platform you're listening to, with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, review, rate, follow, subscribe, YouTube, Twitter, and um, all the other social media places. Outside of that, thank you very much, and goodbye, good night, and le sale, kakakiso.